When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, and welcome back to Gray's Academy. I am Carmen. And I'm Kelsey. And it is a beautiful day to do a podcast, to have a podcast, to record a podcast. Maybe to save listen a to a podcast. <laughs> to listen to a podcast. Actually, is it a beautiful day out by you right now? Because it's No, a, it's it is 90 actually, degrees. Okay, it is 71 and absolutely okay, well, stunning out in Illinois right now. I don't want to talk about it. I'm pretty mad. <laughs> All right. Well, on on a different note, Kelky, Kelsey, <laughs> I have to remember to do to stop doing that. What are what are we talking about today? What's the title of the episode? We're in today, for a treat. This one. We are on episode three of season one, and it is called "Winning a Battle, Losing the War." Originally performed by Kings of Convenience. Had to look uh, that one up. That's convenient. Uh, that's yep. And then um, so written by Shonda again. Um, directed by Tony Goldwyn, who is one of the leads in Scandal, one of Shonda's other shows. Shonda, if you're in with Shonda, you're like in with her. There's a lot of the same like uh, guest actors, lots of same directors. And so she's, I think if you get, if you're lucky enough to work with her and she likes you, she like sets you up for a while because she likes her people. So love Tony Goldwyn. Um, this episode premiered April 10th, 2005. So long ago. To 17.99 million. So it's still climbing up from the last couple weeks. So that word of mouth really working out for them. It's only taken three weeks for it to travel to all 17 million of those people. Clearly, people are into it. Um, This is the first episode. Only took three episodes to explicitly feature uh, an LGBT character. It's uh, the liver patient was a gay man. Yeah. So Dr. like I Facilier. said uh, last time or in one of the other ones, um, Shonda is big on representation and diversity. And what I also like, and I don't know for a fact on this particular actor, but a lot of times she gets actors that are gay or bi or trans to play those characters, which I think is admirable. And I love that she does that. So, so it's authentic representation. Absolutely. I love it. Um, okay, so let's dive right in. I'll go ahead. Let's see what the Netflix synopsis for this one was. Um, the interns compete to treat severe injuries as the emergency room fills with an assortment of patients from the annual bike messenger race. It's pretty accurate. Again, yeah, but... <sighs> just yeah, they like don't reveal week. that until like a few minutes in. So, But it's not like crazy spoilers, but it's... 
you know, it is what it is. It's just, they're all like one sentence, which is interesting because some of my other shows that I watch are like full paragraphs. Yeah, but I, I also think that this particular episode focused more on the the the, the Kevin guy, Kevin Davidson or whatever the John Doe's oh, name yeah, the actually was. Brain dead guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. as we get into to knowing the characters more, we get more um, stories about what they're going through and not just like this is who they are. So there's definitely more just like this character is dealing with this patient and this character is dealing with this patient. And that's just what you're going to have for the whole episode. So that's kind of more, I think, the set structure as we move forward into the show. Like, that's pretty standard. Like, okay, Meredith's going to be over here doing this, and Alex is going to be doing this, and whoever's going to be doing this. And, like, sometimes they'll cross paths. And, like, they did bring them together a few times in this episode, which is a fun, yeah. fun time. Okay, also, so before, let's see. We, okay. before we jump into going note by note, which, uh, for all of you listening out there, it's funny because we just kind of showed each other our notes, and it's <laughs> it's just a different level of organization, and it's a controlled chaos versus, like, like very meticulous, like, I need separation, um, which is just funny because, you know, obviously, Kel- Kelsey's a big chaos fan, uh, just in general, <laughs> but, okay, this episode needs to be retitled to sexual harassment. I I read it. that like five times. I have like so many different notes. I was like immediate sexual harassment, sexual harassment. Oh my God. Sexual harassment. So much so sexual many harassment. Times. The sexual harassment is rampant. I wrote that one. Like it was bad. It was everywhere. I was like. Like, okay. Uh, Meredith <laughs> is attractive, right? I think yes, we can all she's agree. That she's She's very pretty. But okay, she's getting it from a bike messenger. She's getting it from a fellow intern. She's getting it from two levels above her seniority yeah, boss. Like, it's wild. Wh- like okay, it, first off, also objectively, I think Catherine Heigl is more attractive than the Izzy's more attractive than Meredith. In, in your opinion, opinion, yes. In my opinion, like I understand Meredith is the main character, but first off, number one. I'm sure that Izzy is getting it too. Number two, none of this is okay. None of this is okay at all. They kind of show Alex, I feel like, doing it to Izzy. Not just, they just don't really focus on it as much. Because, well, Alex just does it to everyone, I think. He's not, he's not specific. I don't think you have to be attractive for him to sexually harass you. You just have to be a woman. Right. In in his vicinity. (laughs) Um, I've decided I for sure don't like him. You know, we might get um, Izzy's attractiveness might come up as a plot point in an episode in the future. We'll just have to see, you know, if good. I how that plays out. We'll just see what happens. Yeah, that was literally, I think I have four or five different notes. I wanted to just go over that and say, Hey, yeah. it was sexual wh- harassment. Like it was, is and it was okay. also like the, I think we kind of overlook it. Cause like it's the old dying guy and George, I was like, that's the same thing. Like, if that was a straight guy doing it to a female and she was uncomfortable, it would also be sexual harassment. So I think I would also, like, George is very lenient and kind to this old man. But, like, technically, if you're looking at just the facts, like, I would say that's also sexual harassment. Oh, 100%. And, and it was a non, uh, it was non-specific to heterosexual uh, sexual harassment, which I was actually, I was very pleased with. I'm glad that it, <laughs> it did show that. Um, also, I don't know if you... Yeah, and you know what? <laughs> Representation. It's what exactly. we're, great job, Shonda. Uh, I don't know if you heard me over because uh, you were in the middle of saying something, but uh, one of my notes here, uh, that Mackie guy, that's Dr. Facilier. Oh, it is? Yes. I didn't I did. realize I, that. That's so funny. I heard his voice and I was like, mm, I know this guy. Uh, so I did a Wild. quick IMDb search and he is uh, 
the actor who played the voice actor for uh, Dr. Oh Facilier God, so from is. Princess and the Frog. That's so funny. Well, I recognize talking, his voice right away. While we're talking about the guest actors, the guy who played Viper is um, one of the main characters in Princess Diaries 2. It's the guy that really? Anne Hathaway is engaged to, but spoiler alert, does not end up with. Ooh, spoiler alert. And my note is, his name is Callum Blue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wrote, knockoff David Tennant, because he really looks like a knockoff David Tennant. Like, there's a couple screenshots from the episode. From the side, I'm like, that that's David Tennant. I don't remember David Tennant being in this show. And then I, it wasn't, but it really looks like him. So I love I love that already they have these characters from other places. But go ahead and start with your notes. What uh what uh where do your notes start for this episode? Okay, so the first note I have is she's already regretting the roommate. So we start off, they're in the house. George and Izzy are bickering and trying to get Meredith in the middle to switch their rooms because Izzy wants the other room, whatever. So well, no, they they st- you have to go back even one further step. Izzy's fucking standing there. Before oh. she wakes up. <laughs> At 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> no, thank you. That's about the time you yeah. got up this morning, isn't it? So, uh, that child. Um, <laughs> yes, I've been up a lot. Um, but they do mention another, like Izzy's like, oh, when is your mom going to be back in town? Maybe we can unpack the boxes or put them in storage. So again, reiterating, not sharing our personal information. They still don't know Ellis is sick. So... Um, they mentioned the old surgical tapes, which obviously come back in the end. So that's also something I obviously am not a surgeon or a medical person in any way. Um, but throughout the show, the whole series, they do a lot of like, um, oh, we're recording this surgery. We're taping this surgery. Let's go back, watch the tapes. So I don't know if that's like standard practice, but they talk about it as though it is standard practice in the show. So that's yeah, just is all that- the time. That's also, I think, even in Scrubs, uh, there was episodes that I can remember where they went back and they would watch their own tapes and yeah. see what went wrong, or they'd watch tapes of other like uh, traveling surgeons or attendings yeah. or whatever. Um, I did laugh. I wrote the laughing emoji when Meredith slams the door and George goes, "Meredith, do you want some privacy?" <laughs> yeah, I, don't I actually know why. wrote down a lot of one-liners in this episode, and then I wrote. This episode is a, has a lot of good one-liners. <laughs> yeah, I also I've I've made sure to to put quotes of of things that I want to circle back to specifically. Uh, yeah. When they so when they transition from that scene where George is obviously like oh privacy blah, 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 yeah uh, to the hospital, I don't know. I got and don't confirm this because I want to be surprised if it happens. Okay. George and Izzy are gonna fuck. I can feel it. They're gonna smush booties. There's some chemistry there. I don't know what, but there's going to be a time where it's going to be a hard day. The house is going to be empty, and they're gonna they're gonna touch genitals to each other. <laughs> touch genitals. That's the medical way of saying. That's how they would say it on the show. <laughs> touch yes. genitals. <laughs> I know. I've watched a lot of doctor shows. <laughs> how um, do they say it on Grey's Anatomy? <laughs> a touch genitals. <laughs> Everyone's touching genitals with Dr. McDreamy. <laughs> oh, hey oh, no, they aren't. Just Meredith, uh, no, maybe. <laughs> um, okay, so yes, so we transition out to Derek and Dr. Bailey outside of the hospital. Love Dr. Bailey. I just love her so much. Oh, yeah, for sure. Top three characters on the show for me I so love far. her. She's like, shut up. And he's like, you know I'm in charge of you, right? And she's like, I could give a fuck. 
<laughs> who you are. Like, I don't care. All of you are a pain in my ass. That's like the undertone of everything she says. And it's equal. All of you. <laughs> yes. Literally just everyone. Um, oh, and then I did. So when they, when the, the bike race is coming through and they're like trying to show you like, this is chaotic. It's going to be wild. Like these people are insane. The, the camera shots on it were like, I mean that they were doing a good job of conveying that it was going to be insane because the camera shots are like shaky and they're in and they're out and they're so fast. And it was like so many cuts back and forth. I was like, Oh my God. So yeah, they director for sure, Tony was really making uh, making a point to do that. Yeah, they they for sure uh, duct taped someone's flip phone. Their yeah, it was. That's what it seemed like. It was stick. crazy. I was like, wow, this would give you like motion sickness if it went on two seconds longer. Okay, so then they're we're back in the hospital and they're uh, explaining what the the bike race is. So, do you remember what they called it? The dead baby bike race. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I had to write it cute. down or else I was going to forget it. Yeah. And they said it's run by a bar called the Dead Baby Bar, which is an absurd thing to name a bar, but whatever. Yeah. Um, and also, th- there's no world. I love shots. You know I love shots. <laughs> there's no world that I'm getting on a bike and racing other maniacs to get free shots. No world. Well, the thing is, is that they're all bike messengers. So they're all people who professionally, it's like Uber, but on bikes and for like, a small package. Like if Amazon was if all you just ordered small things from Amazon and it was just insane bike people racing around to try and get to your house the fastest, like trying to beat the drones to your house. Yeah. So no, thank you. it's, yeah, it's crazy. I also just thought it was funny that the only rule was no eye gouging. Yeah. And then they're in, so they're in this room and this is where it really starts to get weird with the Alex Meredith, uh, interaction with the one guy uh, was, was his name Viper, mm-hmm. like the snake. Yep. Yeah, I'm sure and that was legally his name. Yeah. Also, <laughs> I, I wrote the note specifically. Uh, you can't just pull shit out of people like that. That's like the number I one rule of medicine. Would have to agree. It's the that num- sounds it's- correct. <laughs> I know neither of us again. Neither of us are medically trained. But I'm going to have to defer to Dr. Carmen on this one and agree that that is the correct treatment is not <laughs> just pulling things out of open wounds. Like, it's, Specifically okay. when they're sharp metal objects. They look oh, so like if you if you get a screwdriver impaled in you, they say, <laughs> don't take it out. If you anything, don't move the person. Don't take it out of them. And Alex is like, no, it's a blub. What does he say? It's a he's a like, oh, wound? well, he's sitting up and talking to us. So he's fine. But that logically doesn't make sense because. Even, again, I, a not medically trained person, know that if you get wounded, your adrenaline can kick in. And you might not necessarily feel the extent of your injuries because of that. Yeah, and I don't want to jump to the end, but can I just say, the face that I made when I saw Viper come back, I was like, <laughs> nope. I do love vindication when, like, Alex is wrong. Oh, 100%. Uh, I've already, I've already really grown to enjoy that part. Yeah. So what do you have um, next? I, I, I think the way they're writing George is more appealing now. Like, he's more likable. It's not painful to watch him anymore. It's like, okay, I understand you're still a little awkward, but it's not nearly as terrible as it was the first episode. So it's like, okay, he's, we're understanding. He's obviously not Alex. He's not Derek. He's somewhere in the, he's someone you would be friends with and tolerate, but he's not like there to, you know, sexually harass people like everyone else is. Which is really 
just a very good spot to be in, apparently, for this show is don't be the person sexually harassing everyone else. <laughs> yes, which apparently it's like a small number of people that fit in that title. <laughs> well, it's only one. <laughs> it's just the one. Oh. Um, Actually, I don't think um, uh, Doctor Burke isn't Burke. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's pretty head on a swivel. And then uh, the chief. Guy. Yes, Chief Weber. Weber, yes, they Richard Weber. Be, yeah, not uh, not sexually harassing people. I, the one liner before you go too far. I'm so sorry. The frat guy said I could go. The frat guy is an ass. That one down. It's true. Uh, yeah, it's true. She's not wrong. Um, when they are doing the the rounds and they're talking about the brain dead guy, I think it was kind of. Like, they have Christina rattling off just, like, endless stat- statistics and numbers for, like, a solid 45 seconds. I was like, oh, my God. And then, you know, she's there with Izzy. So, again, it's kind of a contrast of, like, oh, Christina's, like, you know, stone face, whatever. Izzy's very compassionate. Yeah. Which is <laughs> great. Whatever. She is, for, she is for sure asking to get fired. <laughs> yeah, like, so... What I wrote was, Izzy is like when kids want to be a vet when they grow up so that they can play with animals, but they don't realize that sometimes they die. I'm literally like, how did you get all the way through medical school and not at all prepare yourself for the fact that at some point someone will die? Like, I don't understand. It's not. So I, I also wrote, I think we're supposed to find Izzy caring and compassionate, and that is a good trait, but it's too much and it annoys me. But I also wrote this might be what I know of like all the series biasing me. Cause I never love Izzy. Like I don't hate her, but like, she's kind of annoying to me always. And I think that this is supposed to make her appealing. And they like put her next to Christina to like emphasize, like she's such a better person. Look how much she cares. And to me, I'm just like, it's like too much because it's a, she's like ill-equipped to do this career. Yeah. And I'm like, obviously like you do want your doctor to care, but you also want them to like, understand the concept of death and not be like, no miracles are real. Yeah. I definitely felt that this particular episode painted Izzy more of like this, uh, I'm this free spirited hippie girl and I believe in magic as opposed to like, I'm a caring person. Yeah. And even Christina, which, you know, we'll circle back at the end of the episode, like grew a lot of heart in this episode, but it, it didn't, to your point, I don't think it did the job that the writers were wanting to accomplish with, with Izzy right, in this particular she, When she's episode. like, oh, he could wake up, I wrote, he literally cannot wake up. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of times in life, people get confused with like someone being in a coma and waking up versus someone being completely brain dead. Those are not equivalent. Like, if someone's in a coma, they still have brain activity. They're just not awake, and we don't necessarily know why. If someone is brain dead, they are brain. They have no brain activity. They cannot wake up, and even if they did, they would just be awake. But there would be no brain activity. Like I don't. It's not the same thing. Right, right. And I actually, so I did write this later on, but I think I'm going to ask you right now. Okay. What would you do if? So I know. So okay, they they find they find the family ultimately. Right. What would they? What would you do if that was your husband, 
and they said, okay, we're trying to harvest his organs. Like, what do you, like, what do, you do in that scenario? Do you let them take all the organs? Do you go through that process? What goes through your head if your significant other is, is in this position? Michael and I are, have discussed this, and we're very both very pro-organ donation. It's like one of the first things I did on my 18th birthday was sign the organ donation on the back of my license because I'm a nerd. Um, I just think that if more people were, like, you're not going to use them. And if you, if, if I just die of a heart attack, my organs are not viable to, for donation. Like, it's a very specific scenario where your organs are viable to donate, which is why it's difficult for people to get organs when they're on, like, a waiting list. Because it's not a lot of people that just, like, have organs that are ready to go. But I do think everyone should be an organ donor. So if you are in that, I think, personally, it could also... Um, make it easier on your family because it's like we've lost you, but you're, I mean, you could save like seven, 10, I don't know however many, li- like a lot of lives, a lot so more than livers, one. lungs, heart, kidney, like all kinds of things. So I am very pro organ donation. I do. We've talked about like, if either one of us is full on brain dead, like that's just it. Like, you know, take the time you need to say goodbye, but don't, there's no point in going into like medical debt for that. But if it's like a coma, I think you just kind of say like, oh, maybe wait X amount of days. If there's no improvement, then make the decision. But if it's brain dead, it's brain dead again. <laughs> just, he literally could not wake up. That's the reality of the situation. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, it's not like, uh, no brain activity. It's not like a, well, I mean, I guess I shouldn't say that because there's a lot of things in science right now that people are like, oh no, but that fact, no, you have to fake media. Uh, don't look at my Facebook or Instagram, apparently, because <laughs> people can't handle that. Um, so I'm in the same boat. I've told Jess, like, for sure, I want to be able to, sa- if ever I'm in that scenario, l- l- help me, sa- let me save lives as my yeah. last thing. But man, the eye thing and the skin thing, ooh, that's, I don't know. My grandmother we'll, we'll actually had a cornea that. transplant recently, like a couple the past couple of years, which to me is bonkers. Like it blows my mind that like that even exists, and like those aren't your eyeballs, which really freaks me out. But like I'm glad that you, you can see, but like that's not your eyeballs. That's so weird. Um, but the skin I understand for like burn victims and stuff, but I, I also wrote down, I I don't understand open caskets. It's not for me. It's not what I want. It's not how I want to be remembered and it's not how I want to remember somebody. I understand grieving is different for everyone and people need the closure that they need. But for me, I would not want to go to an open casket funeral or be in an open casket at a funeral. It is not how I, it's not the memory I want. Like I want to remember someone when they were alive and well and happy, not. Yeah. That the dead. other things. <laughs> the dead, opposite of that. Dead, not well, yes. and sad. Uh, that, you got to think, too, though. Like Again, this is, what, 16 years ago the show came out? Yeah, this is Almost 17. So I, I, have, I feel like a lot of people's opinions on funerals and things like that have changed. Like, you know, I, I want to do some sort of memorial, but I don't think I want to do yeah. open casket. I want to do... Yeah. Uh, What's the, what's the thing? Uh, burning celebration burning. of life. Oh, cremation. Cremation. Yeah. Wow. How did I? What's well, that thing where you get lit on fire? <laughs> a lot of times, also, if you donate your body to science, um, once they're done, they'll cremate you for free. So ah, again, that's helping. the trick. 
So, you know, just things to look into. Um, anyway, so we've gone all over the place. Um, Sorry. Yeah. Okay. So bring <laughs> it back. We're, we're, we're back with uh, the Izzy kind of being a, yeah, a so, punky little um, hippie and Something Christina. that Derek said that I really liked when he's like saying, oh, we can't just perform surgery because maybe in a dream world he'll wake up. He says, that's what do no harm means. So from like the Hippocratic Oath saying like it's interesting that he makes a point to encompass like obviously we're not just stabbing people with scalpels scalpels but we're not just doing surgery to do surgery that's included in doing no so i liked that line um i also liked when george was talking to mr Mackey, and he like does the baseball metaphor and george goes you like baseball he goes no and george goes oh (laughs) i just think it's really fun (laughs) oh that's about what my reaction would be like. Oh, you're, you're trying to talk baseball? No. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I was going to give you a liver, but. And then I wrote in all caps, the sexual assault. Oh my God. And then I wrote, of course, Derek is right there for eye roll emojis. Yeah. Yeah. The Okay. But now it's coming from the patients. Like, yeah, that was so. No, it's not even like, dude, you're not <laughs> shooting your shot. You're just being a hole. Yeah. Like that's to us. That's a stranger. You've been around this girl for like 30 minutes. And imagine and right now, imagine during, you, you're going to die. Imagine during COVID, someone just coming up and saying, I'm going to kiss you. No, what no, get out of here. <laughs> um, yeah. And then Derek's just like, oh, but go out with me and Meredith. I liked Meredith. It's just about the chase. You're annoying me. It's just about the chase with all of you people. Like, leave me alone. You don't actually want to be with me. You just want this fun time of being annoying. This hot piece of booty. Yeah. This 2005 hot piece of booty. Mm-hmm. The, the so. chase is real, though. I mean, that's a whole different conversation, but the chase <laughs> is real, for sure. Um, and then Alex thinking that George is gay and George being mad that everyone thinks he's gay, but I did like when Alex said, I'm down with the rainbow. Yeah, I wrote that. I said, he, he wrote, get yours. I'm down with the rainbow. That's like mega progressive for 2005. <laughs> Very supportive. Yeah. Now, not supportive because you really shouldn't be sleeping with your patients. So, no, no. Good on here, bad on here. It's whatever. You pick your battles, you know. And then you know, George is like, "Does Meredith think I'm gay? Like, be subtle. We understand you're in love with her, but like, my God." Yeah. Uh, and then Christina and says, "Are you?" And he says, "No." Really? Also, that scene where she was, her hair game was on fire. Sandra O. Oh. Yeah. I love her. She's incredible. such great hair. A such queen. great hair. The greatest ever. I love her so much. <laughs> and then I wrote, uh, Izzy is trying to be fired, like actually <laughs> trying to be, like begging to be, be getting fired uh, because that's when she's like, she has, he has 27 minutes left. We owe him that. Well, it took you yeah. 27 minutes to go get this permission to do the surgery. The guy's. But dead. also, I was confused because, so he doesn't, they don't know who he is. So they, so he doesn't have the DNR, which is the do not resuscitate. Like I've signed this. If something happens to me, don't save me. Right. So if he doesn't have that, aren't you supposed to save him? That's, I mean, again, the rules might be different because he's brain dead. Like, I don't know. It might just be like, we just don't interfere at all, but let the Lord take him or whatever. But it would just confuse me because I always thought that the assumption was if something happened, just save them unless otherwise stated. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. But I don't know. And then I wrote so much sexual harassment again. <laughs> yes, yes. And then they go into the bathroom. <laughs> and Dr. Burke, wrote, hello? Okay. <laughs> I love, he says, either rip one out or close the door. Yeah, I, I wrote wish, that too. <laughs> I wish they just would have fucking ripped a fart right there. Like, oh, okay. 
Bye. No, he said whip one out like a wiener. No, I thought he said rip one out. No, like it was whip, whip one out, like whip out your dick or get out of here. Oh, man. I thought it <laughs> Which was Which is still a good line. Out. No, it's It's still a out. good line. It's, good, it's a good one either way. But also, don't whip out your penis. Don't, because you don't have one. <laughs> right. And right. get out of the you, men's room. Oh, man. Um, I wish it was the fart thing. Oh, I'm so sad now. This, is it weird that I'm disappointed? Yeah. It's not a fart joke, fart joke show. <laughs> but it is a penis joke show. Yeah, which is okay. absolutely. <laughs> um. So I also I wrote down because he says you do enjoy crossing a line, and I wrote that's literally this entire show. Oh yeah, it's all lines <laughs> in every way, professionally, personally. Everyone's just crossing lines left and right. Oh yeah, just last week because he did uh, the you know a surgery out by a dumpster in the rain. You know, mm-hmm. so it's you know geez, like you do. Yeah, it's, it takes um, a village. And then when they go to George, and he's like. You can ask me anything. You don't have to manipulate me. And then they ask him and he goes, ask me something easier. Yeah. And that's when I wrote down, this is a good episode for one-liners. Yeah, very good. Uh, was that before or after the the wild locker room sexual assa- uh, assault where the guy's like, I smell like surgery. And oh, that like, was before. So because he goes to Weber to be like, we want to do this Harvard surgery because they have a liver that will match Mr. Mackey, which is like your friend. So, but they're going over Burke's head because he already said no. So then they're all standing there and Alex comes up and he doesn't know what's going on and they all run away, but he kind of figures something's going on. So that's when he goes to Burke and is like, let me in on the surgery. And he gets in on the surgery. That's right. And so I wrote, Alex does have some balls, but also is a huge dick. Yeah. Not has a huge dick. Nope. Just is a huge dick. Yep. Yeah. When when he literally pushes his entire body up against Meredith. And I it's wrote, so annoying the whole time she's yelling at him. He's just like laughing at her and like yawning. I'm like, I will murder this man through the screen. Yeah. It's so annoying. Like, I forgot how terrible he is. Like, it's been so long since I watched the early seasons. Like, it's crazy. So that means that he either sticks around and becomes better, or he is gone very, sh- very shortly, and you'd forget what about do, him. What's your prediction? Which one? Ooh, my prediction is bomb in the butt. He blows up because of a bomb in his butt. No, Damn. no, you I read it I on the internet. <laughs> Saw the spoilers <laughs> online. <laughs> yeah, bomb in the butt. <laughs> Anyways, go on. I'm sorry. Um, I I thought it was funny when Derek was like, "I'm gonna let her beat you to death with her tiny and effectual fists." <laughs> She is quite small. Petite. Um, what did I, I don't know what this means. I wrote and they breathe. I have and no idea what that means. And they breathe. Yeah, I don't know. Something from something probably. Who knows? Someone well, is while- listening to this and screaming they know exactly what I'm talking about. I hope they do. Then that means we've made it. When someone <laughs> yells at the yells at the screen or yells at their their phone, um, I, I did write. Sorry to sorry to cut you off there. I did write when he's like uh, something about it has nothing to do with you having boobs, and he's like, unless you want to show me yours. And I was like, what? Oh. That was when I was like, okay, this episode needs to change its title. Yeah, I wrote just, the sexual harassment is just rampant. That's when yeah. I wrote that when he was like talking about because they're. Because as one of them said, like, oh, it kills you that a woman's getting this surgery over you. And he was like, no, it, I'm just mad that anyone got it. It doesn't matter if you have boobs unless you want to show me yours. Uh. <laughs> God, he's so such a dick. 
Yeah, it's funnier if it's not taking place to your coworkers in the middle of a hospital. It's like, oh, I remember what and they breathe mit was. And they breathe, lay it on. <laughs> I me. remember, it was when Meredith is complaining to Christina about all the things that George and Izzy do, and the last oh. thing was and they breathe. <laughs> Kick them out, just do it. Yeah. Um, and then I so okay. Then we get to the part where Christina is getting the signatures for all the organ donation. Um. Which was very rough to watch. It was. Um, for some reason, I because I, I remember the scene, but I thought the, the girl was much younger. Like, did, not old enough to comprehend. But that child is for sure old enough. Like, I would not have want her in the room with when I was dealing with that. Like, I was remembering her being like three or four, not like ten. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, that, that was where it got weird for me. And that was where I actually wrote down the question of what would you do? Yeah. In in this scenario, I think that my limit, my limit is the eyes. I don't know. If it, it depends. It depends though because I would want that one last chance to have my family come and see me. Yeah, but your like, eyes would be closed. Maybe. What if my what no, if I die They would in my close eyes? your eyes in the no, surgery, but like no. your family could open them, but that would be weird. <laughs> That's I I would want in my will for Jessica to open up my eyes and just double check like they didn't steal them on on like That's not like, stealing Whoa. them if she says you can have them. <laughs> well, no no, if she don't says Don't you want to no, help a blind person see? I guess maybe. I don't know. I'll donate You're my not ears. using them anymore. <laughs> Yes, I know, but that's okay. Then it goes down to the people's philosophical beliefs of like, okay, are the eyes the pathway to the soul? It doesn't matter if they're not the soul. Well, no. How is the soul going to get out of your body if your eyes it's are gone? gone. If your eye holes. No, it's already. Go- how long do you think it takes your soul to leave your body after you die? Days. Well, I I would imagine for me probably three to six months. Because you're so big. Because I'm so big. <laughs> it comes out through the penis, and it's got a long way to go. Okay. All right. Sexual harassment. All the listeners. <laughs> okay, guys, um, come on. That was a, that was a bit. Okay, clearly, <laughs> clearly, I'm Alex. Um, but I did write for that. What I really liked, like when Christina leaves, and she's like, "I can't do this. I'm not good with people." Um, Bailey, it was like a teaching moment, and yeah. but she wasn't mean about it. Cause she like recognized that it, she was genuinely having a hard time and she wasn't just saying like, don't be a pansy, get back in there. Don't be a baby, whatever. This is your job. She was like, took the moment and kind of like refocused Christina's thoughts. She was like, this is what you need to remember when you're doing this. And again, I love Christina and I love Bailey. So I just a great scene. I thought it was a really great scene and it, it really justifies more, how much I really like Dr. Bailey. She's she really is emerging as one of my my favorites and yeah. didn't didn't let her off the hook and also mad respect didn't step in to do it right. for her. Right. Mad yeah. respect. She's she's a great doctor and a great teacher in in every way. I also love that actress Chandra Wilson. It's confusing cuz it's the show is by Shonda Rhimes and that's Chandra Wilson. <laughs> no relation. Um, and then, so then Viper comes back. Meredith sees him. She goes over. This is where I this went. Is, look at this note that I wrote there, top line. <laughs> it's true. His abdomen looked pretty gross. I, I There's like 17 Ks in fuck. Yo, yeah, it was Viper nasty. dude, what the fuck? His entire abdomen was about to explode. All caps. <laughs> it was bad. Which my thing is, I'm like, how do you let it get that bad? There had to be 17 steps before where you maybe could have gone to the hospital. Like, it was, it's the next day. 
Um, so, oh yeah, I wrote the slow-mo I felt was over the top in this moment. When, when it, Meredith when... is like looking up to be like, oh, get me a gurney or whatever. Um, I was like, okay, this is where we were a little too soap, soap opera dramatic. Like everything else. In, I didn't really think there was any other part of the episode that was too dramatic in my opinion, but that slow-mo, I was like, all right, that's too much. Yeah. Yeah. But that, but the dude's stomach, it was abdomen, gross. It was disgusting. It was like a soccer ball. And yeah, I want to know the decision like he's like showing it to his friends and all of his friends are like, no, it looks fine. And then at what point are they <laughs> like, like, no, here, actually... pour some tequila on it <laughs> with all the shots you didn't win. No. Yeah. At, at what point does it transition when you have something like that of like, no, I don't think I need to see a doctor. It'll figure itself out to, oh, shit, I'm about to die. Yeah. What's the line? I want to know. Yeah. And then um, <laughs> I did write because she was like, move faster when they're in the elevator. And I go, elevators and hospitals really should move faster. They should have, like, a special speed on them. Yeah. But you have to use your key card access to access it. <laughs> and then Dr. Bailey. I wrote, Dr. Bailey needs a step stool. Ha, 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 ha. I love her so much. She's so tiny. How tall is the actress who plays her? Um, let me look. I have IMDb pulled up right here. What's, what is, what's the actress's name? Chandra Wilson. Chandra Wilson. Not Shonda Wilson or Shonda Rhimes. Shonda Rhimes. Chandra Wilson. I'm going to guess, hold on, I'm going to guess she's five foot three. Oh, I would guess five foot even. You think so? She doesn't look that short. She does look that short. And who wins? What do she's we got? She's five foot even. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> um, okay. Do, do, do. Um, Okay, and then it's they're going to uh, the harvest surgery, and this is, again, where I'm annoyed with Izzy, because she's, like, telling Christina she's not going to go, and she's like, oh, you go, you're better at this part, and I was like, this part being surgery, and for a surgeon, you're bad at this part of the job, but this part is the surgery part. I don't understand. Like, I was truly baffled by what that was supposed to mean. I don't understand. Like, it was annoying to me. Well, I think she, right right before that, she was like, man, look at all these vultures ready to steal the organs. And then later, and Christina's like, like, you're better at this part, the emotional part. Like, But also, all of those people are going to go save a life. 100%. Like, I, listen, I know that. I, I don't understand. <laughs> but she went uh, to hello. medical school. She should know. <laughs> uh, hi, Catherine Heigl. Walk me through the motivation <laughs> of this scene. What was Shonda and, and, and Goldwyn telling you during this scene? <laughs> Did they tell you you're an idiot? Because that's what I read it <laughs> as. And it's annoying because, like, when you have someone who's very beautiful and blonde, it would be great if they could be portrayed like a really strong, like, it's almost border. Like, they're not playing her as a dumb blonde. But it's frustrating because I'm like, the compassion is too, it's too annoying. Yeah. And it just sounds like I'm not a compassionate person. But, like, I am, but the normal amount. Like, if you've been through medical school long enough that you are now in a surgical internship, like, I just feel like it's almost, there's not an understanding of how it works. It's so frustrating to watch. I, I want to back this up just briefly to the compassion thing. Yes, you are compassionate, you. But to 
strangers would you say that you are the normal amount of compassionate? No. <laughs> but I'm also not abnormally compassionate. <laughs> there is a good place to sit, and it is not where Izzy is sitting. No, like, yes, no. You, you want a, a doctor who is compassionate, but you also want a doctor who you feel like has a grip on the world. Like, geez, yeah, get reality it in general, that would be nice. Honestly, it's just, I don't understand, like, what what we, we as an audience are supposed to take away because I truly do feel like they're just trying to be like, oh, you should love Izzy. Look how wonderful and caring she is. And she is both of those things. But it's like, you again, it needs to balance out with the medicine and it doesn't feel like it's balancing out with the medicine in this specific scenario is all I'm saying. And they they just kept reiterating. It wasn't like just at the beginning or just at the, it was like the whole episode. It's just like, can you just, do you want to do this job? Like, yeah. and I'm not saying you shouldn't care if someone dies. Like, absolutely. I can't imagine being a doctor and losing a patient or like having to stand by and watch someone die and like feeling helpless. But at the same time, like, again, like it shouldn't break you down that much. I don't feel like if that's your profession, I don't know. I agree. I'm not a, again, agree. I'm not a doctor. And, and I am. So trust me, I, I get, I get where you're coming from completely. Uh, okay. So the also I, I did write down they went through with the the eye thing. There was a doctor who was literally dangling yes. an eye. Did you did you catch that? Yes. Yeah. Uh I had to make a note of that and then Which my phone I think auto- is props to Christina because it kind of sounds like maybe she went back in there and did a better job and wasn't so matter of fact about it and was like, Yeah, this is what this is how it can help people. If you're comfortable with it, this is how it will be done, blah, 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 whatever. The so, the most um, human part of Izzy's character, I think for this episode was at the end of that scene when they stitched up the family, when they stitched yes. the guy up. And I appreciated that Christina stayed and helped with that because yes. again, it kind of shows, cause sometimes I th- think they do want to portray her as the far opposite. Like she doesn't care. She has zero compassion and she's like a robot, which again, you, you want someone more in the middle ground. So I think that it was nice that they rounded that out and they did that together. And Christina who, you know, has like, the burns and the gotchas to people. She didn't like say anything mean about that. Yeah, it was nice. It was, it was a good character arc moment for her. And then I liked when Bailey called out Alex and was like, you, you fucked it up. You don't get to do anything with this. Cause you, it's your fault. And then I also love when she screamed at Viper's friends. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a bit unprofessional, but still don't. good. Good TV. <laughs> good. Entertaining. Entertaining. Entertaining for sure. Uh, also, the, the pretty typical scene of what I think I would imagine of people who go to a bar called uh, Death, the Death Dead Baby. Baby Bar. Dead Baby Bar, yeah. Uh, also, so that, that takes us to, to the end where they're all just like watching videos at the house. Yeah. What was going through your head for, for that scene as they're kind of just... And, and Christina's there, which is nice. Yes. I love when George starts to try and defend it and then just goes, Christina made it and just made us and just throws <laughs> her right under the bus because he has no backbone and is in love with Meredith. Um, but I like it. It kind of, again, shows Meredith is coming around to the roommates, accepting that these people aren't just going to be her co-workers, but basically are going to be like her friends and essentially her family. She's going to be with them 24-7. And she's going to share... the they don't not like they know who her mom is. Her mom's a big deal and they're appreciating that. And they want to learn from these surgical tapes and appreciate what her mother's done and share that with her. So even though she hasn't shared with them yet that Ellis is sick, it's nice that she's opening up a little bit. So I liked it the way it ended. Yeah. Good, good, uh, 
good way to end. And then imagine the last note I had was imagine watching a video of your mom literally taking someone's face off of their body. Can't imagine that. I also thought it was cute earlier in the episode. Um, Meredith had yelled at George to use a coaster. And when she walks in, he's not holding the beer, but he like picks up the beer off the table and puts it on a coaster. Cause it had been sitting like right next to one and he picks it up and puts it on one. Also, that's a big pet peeve of mine in my personal life. Like if there's <laughs> coasters there, just use them. I'm not going to tell people to use coasters, but if we have them there, just use them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, anyway. So yeah, overall I liked it. So do you want to um, give me any other predictions you might have other than Alex is going to have a bomb in his butt? Uh, my my actual prediction is <laughs> at this point I think I've said everyone's eventually going to have a bomb in their butt except for Meredith and Christina. They're the only people in the show that I think are safe uh, against all uh, catastrophic uh, main character killing events. I think they're the okay. only two people who are immune to that. And and right now, um, so that let let that go on the record. The bombs and the butts are not actual predictions. Um. My, my my prediction that I will hold on to right now is that I think George and Izzy will will get together and hook up at some point. And that's my only prediction that I have currently. Okay. So if you were gonna rate it, what would you rate this one? So we're still we're still figuring this out. So to be clear, we're going med student, yep. intern. Yep. Uh resident fellow mm-hmm. attending. Yes. Nailed it. So, Good job. Claps. Thank you. So I'm going to give this two. I'm going to give this an intern. Uh, this was actually my least favorite episode so far, mostly because of the rampant sexual harassment. <laughs> it was aggressive. Uh, but also, I just, other than a little bit of character arc from Christina, I didn't feel like any of the characters took a step forward. Uh, if anything, Maybe Izzy took a step back. George was maybe a, a step laterally. And I honestly did not get much from Meredith this episode. Uh, yeah. And then Burke and uh, McDreamboat, Handsome Pants, uh, didn't didn't really do much in this episode to like move yeah. their characters forward. It's definitely also my least favorite of the three we've watched so far. But I also think it has been the funniest of the three. Like, it's had the best, like, one-liners throughout like i actually laughed out loud where i don't think i did that with the other two um and so i'm gonna put just middle of the road i'm gonna say three three out of five so a resident so you know we're getting there finding our stride again just setting the tone yeah my last two episodes were were threes my last two episodes were residents so i think you gave one a three and a half (laughs) did i okay i yeah the last one you were like it's a resident with a little bit of a fellow (laughs) Okay, maybe. They're like drinking beer together at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, awesome. Well, I'm very excited, and I cannot wait to watch the, the next episode, and we'll have that in, in the ne- next week or whatever, yeah. you know? Looking forward to it. We'll see you guys in the next one. Bye.